Blog Talk Radio. October 10th, 2018, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Wow. Today sparks a new low. Eric Holder gave a speech in the great state of Georgia talking about, well, remember when Michelle... Obama self-righteously stated in the speech, if um, if they go low, we go high. Eric Holder, who some have said has presidential aspirations, stated in a speech today, who was it yesterday, today, that when they go low, we um, he didn't even have the, he didn't even say we kick them. He said, we kick them when they go low. <sighs> this is, for all my Democrat friends out there, this is your party. Think about that. 
aside from Donald John Trump, who is not a politician, stating that if one of his supporters punched someone in the face, he'd pay their legal bills. Aside from that, let's put that aside for just a moment. We'll just put it over here. How many Republicans talk about going around assaulting Democrats? I mean, sure, you, you can you can point out some some I guess they call them alt right white supremacist folks. Do they, they really count as Republicans like you and me? How many times have you heard me say over the years, given my no love for Barack Hussein Obama or Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton or any other Democrat, how many times have you heard me state that I want to hurt them physically or get in their face and scream at them because we don't agree. This is your party, Democrats. You want to throw down. You want to get down and dirty. And why? Because we, we disagree? Is it, has it become that personal where you talk about committing acts of violence against your fellow countrymen because you don't agree politically. And then Hillary. Poor, poor, poor Hillary. Old, dumpy looking, unhappy, saying that out loud, in an interview with CNN's Christian Amanpour, we cannot, and I'm quoting her, Democrats, and I quote, Democrats cannot be civil with Republicans anymore. So we can't be civil anymore. It's gotten that serious, has it? Things are getting out of hand, folks. I mean, seriously, out of hand. And I just don't know how we're going to bring this back. How, how, how can you walk it back? Things are, are really, really out of hand. The left is so beside itself with grief because they've been losing and losing and losing. And all Republicans are doing is winning. Win, 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 win. And now a new generic poll puts the midterm elections in a toss-up. A toss-up. Whereas just a few months back, just a few months back, the Democrats had a wide 18-point lead. Now we're at... Well, we're even. It's a toss-up. Whereas it was almost assured that we would lose the House, but maybe keep the Senate. Now it's looking like we could keep both and increase our margins. Laura Ingram, my girl, talks about Democrats jumping the shark. Now, for those of you who don't know what the term jumping the shark means, it dates back to the 70s series, Happy Days, where the Fonz still wearing a, a jacket, although a tan 
jacket, not a leather jacket in this case, where he is on water skis. And he's about to jump a shark tank on skis in a lake of some sort on the show. Well, he starts out. He's on the skis. He's got his shorts on, but he's got a jacket on and a t-shirt, the whole thing. And just as he's going up the ramp, boom, the episode is over. We have to wait till next week to learn whether or not he actually made it. Well, it was at that point that Happy Days lost the majority of its audience because it had gone too far. And if I if, if I recall correctly, the season that hosted the episode where Fonzie jumped the shark was... Happy Days last season. Well, it looks like we have a last season for the Democrats because they have truly jumped the shark in more ways than one. Not just the, the situation with Kavanaugh, but the whole the country and in the world is watching every single night and witnessing Democrats lose their damn minds. We had a we had a professor at my alma mater, Georgetown University, go off and wish death to any and all Republicans that our heads be ripped from our bodies and put on display for feminist women to laugh and mock at, etc., etc., etc. A distinguished professor. We have women screaming at the top of their lungs at Republicans, conservatives, Anywhere and everywhere. That debacle last Saturday when the votes were being counted, which would ultimately make Judge Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, did you did you watch? Did you hear all the screaming and screeching? I can only imagine how mortified I would be if one of those women or my mama, or sisters, or nieces, or cousins of any kind, just screaming at the top of their lungs, making asses out of themselves and being forcibly removed, having, having to be forcibly removed by the sergeant in arms. There were 160, 170 seats. 120 of them were vacated because there were nasty, mean, feminist women shouting at the top of their lungs and making total jackasses of themselves for the whole wide world to see. And of course, we have our politicians stating that Democrats should accost Republicans wherever they find them to yell and shout them down to run them out of restaurants and stores and other places. Imagine. This is what it's come to. This is what Democrats are all about. They have lost their minds with grief and anger and resentment. It's like an ex-girlfriend. But... The th- in the thousands. Now, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, he's cool. He has put in place a 
black law clerk, only one of four, and a woman. And his whole staff of clerks are women. And now listening to the radio yesterday and today, I'm hearing that, well, he he probably did it to assuage his guilt. Or he probably did it just as show. And And I immediately thought when I heard this, who gives a damn what his reasons were? I don't care. Now, I'm not all into that first black this and first black that. Because in my opinion, everybody's got to start somewhere being the first something. Who was the first person to eat a lobster? Can you imagine that thing crawling out of the the ocean and somebody saying, hmm, wow, man, I go good with some butter. You got to be the first something. Does that mean it's uh, like noteworthy? Not in my book. Everybody was the first something. Anyway, so he's got a black law clerk, one of only four. All of his clerks are women, and it's all good. This is something he talked about doing years ago and in his confirmation hearing, so he kept that. He kept that promise. But there's always somebody looking to say, the glass is half empty. So, just as Brett Kavanaugh heard his first oral arguments at the Supreme Court Tuesday and was welcomed warmly by his colleagues, each and every one, even Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg raised her head. Because, you know, she's always so stupid. Looks like she's already checked out, but then you just give her a little nudge and she stirs, and you're like surprised. That kind of thing. Anyway, we're going to take a short break, but I want you to listen to my girl, Laura. Laura Ingram used to have her own uh, radio show, but now she's working for Fox, and thank God for that. We'll check it out, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the dump. You're listening. I can barely speak today. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report situation yeah all right so today justice brett kavanaugh heard his first oral arguments at the supreme court and was welcomed warmly by his colleagues it was a nice moment of collegiality after weeks of chaos and the promise of even more with only four weeks till the midterm elections republicans are exuding more confidence while Democrats are banking on more chaos. Now, despite the catastrophic loss of the swing vote on the high court, they're hitting the anarchy accelerator. These people truly believe they can protest their way back into power, something the president warned of tonight. The Democrats have become too extreme, and they've become, frankly, too dangerous to govern. They've gone wacko. But if Democrats take control, they will try to reverse our amazing progress and plunge our country into gridlock, frankly, into poverty, ultimately into chaos. Now, the chaos strain has now even infected what was once the Democratic establishment. Like, why hasn't Dianne Feinstein, who was once considered a more sober-minded liberal, why hasn't she condemned the tactics of harassment and intimidation used against her female colleagues in the halls of the U.S. Senate? You know why? Because pro-woman Dianne Feinstein wants to keep the atmosphere red hot, scarily so, to drive Democratic voter turnout. So just when you think they couldn't go lower, they do. Trump has delivered for these people on the things that they care about most. He has delivered racism for these people. He has delivered misogyny for these people. And now he's delivered the Supreme Court for these people, which is something that they've been trying to get for a generation. They now have control over all three branches of government. We're going to see if this reign lasts for 30 days or two years or a thousand-year Reich. Reich. Nice. 
So if you're not on board with the moral dictates of liberalism, the left will demonize you as a Nazi, uh, plant false stories against you, trash your family, try to destroy your life. And of course, they'll try to get you fired. And when you're President Trump or Justice Kavanaugh, I love saying that, if they can't beat you, they'll threaten to impeach you. Here's the original founding member of the Clinton War Room, James Carville. To the Democrats, Kavanaugh is worth a lot, is worth a lot more alive than dead. This is not going to go away. They're not going to stop doing stories on Kavanaugh. Uh, the Democrats win the House. They'll probably hold some kind of hearings on, on the fact that a lot of people think that he perjured himself uh, during his confirmation uh, hearings to the Court of Appeals. Better alive? Oh, wait. I liked him better, by the way, when he put that garbage pail over his head back in uh, 2002. Do you remember that after the loss in 2002? That was Carville's best moment. Now, how is any of this going to make Americans' lives better? What is, what's the new platform? Vote for us, and we'll spend the next few years torturing anyone who is even remotely associated with Trump. Oh, please. Now, this thuggish win-at-all-cost approach was on full display during the Kavanaugh battle. Why do women have to bear their whole soul to you? Don't you wave your hand at me. Uh, I wave my hand at you. When you grow up, I'll be glad. You grow up, we grow up. You grow up. You talk to women that way. How do you feel about it? We believe survivors. We believe survivors. And it's fitting, isn't it, that the woman who was one of the architects of the politics of personal destruction, over with Carville, has no problem with any of that. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. This is so juvenile. It's like your kid, right? Well, well, well I I'll start behaving, Mommy, once I get that extra piece of candy. <laughs> okay. So unless the Democrats are in power, there can be no civility. Yet they are the agents of mayhem that we've endured for two years now. This is what they've been doing since election night. Hillary would rather see the country swallowed up by discord and anger than to admit that Trump's policies are actually bearing fruit. My friends, this is all about foisting a liberal construct on America. The tonality and the set of precepts basically about open borders, open markets, and maybe toss in gender fluidity for good measure. All of that has to be accepted or else. Now, what happened to the softer, kinder Hillary we heard from just two years ago? We need to get better at finding ways to disagree on matters of policy while agreeing on questions of decency and civility. How we talk to each other, treat each other, respect each other. How oh, was that nice at the Al Smith Center? Oh, so nice. Unless our campaign goes down in flames, in other words, and unless our opponent fulfills his promises, in which case we will scorch the earth, civility be damned. Hillary could not even let the moment pass for Brett Kavanaugh to have his ceremonial swearing in at the White House last night. What was done last night in the White House was a political rally. It further undermined the image and integrity of the court. Um, and that troubles me greatly. It saddens me because our judicial system has been viewed as one of the main pillars of our constitutional government. In what way was this a political rally? I was actually there last night. Of course people were excited. Just like when, you know, uh, you know, one a Democrat president gets two justices or one justice, you know, they're excited. It's it's a victory. You can't celebrate victories. It's only for Democrats. All of the Supreme Court justices were sitting in the front row if you saw any of that last night, including the one of course appointed by your husband Hillary. So it was a nonpartisan moment of unity and maybe a little bit of healing that Hillary refuses to acknowledge because, of course, she had no role in it. Now, this is a 
at the heart of the Democrats, Antifa-like resistance. They are actually resentful that the country is moving ahead, growing, thriving, and reclaiming its power, also on the world stage, because they have no part in it, any of it. Because Trump was right, they were wrong, and they're ticked off about it. Liberal dogma and the giveaway policies of the past, that didn't get us here to this, this moment of achievement, economic achievement, and otherwise. Lacking a governing agenda or any response to Trump's economic and global success? Well, the Democrats have decided to run on just a platform of demonization. They're now even using the Kavanaugh vote to punish their own. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia in a close re-election race and Tennessee Democrat senatorial candidate Phil Bredzen are being lashed by the left for their respective vote support of Kavanaugh. The LiberalMoveOn.org and PAC Priorities USA announced that they are withholding monies from the campaign of both Democrats. Now, if they won't even tolerate a little bit of diversity of opinion among their own Democratic colleagues, imagine what they'll do to us if they regain power. And that's the angle. All right. The Ingram Angle, folks. I couldn't have said it better myself, which is why I didn't. That's why Laura said it. But listen, um, <laughs> let, let, let's go back a moment. The results of the, the 2016 presidential election sent a shockwave, a shockwave throughout the United States and around the world. And contrary to the expectations of many, if not most, Donald Trump won the election. His opponents were stunned, no doubt. They had already crowned their candidate, Hillary, as the winner. The party had already been planned and prepared. There was no possibility that Hillary Clinton could lose None. However, after a short period, Trump's opponents recovered. They would fight back. Yeah. They would fight back. They simply could not tolerate this frightening to them specter who had promised Americans that he would build a wall to protect their country and that he would quote, drain the swamp, end quote, in Washington. No, they couldn't accept as president anyone who does not share their ideology and their plans for the United States. That's right. His enemies, Trump's, his enemies who had plotted during the presidential campaign to ensure that Hillary Clinton would be elected immediately began to make their plan to undo, to undo the horrible and unthinkable mistake made by the voters of the United States, the voters, folks. See, I think a lot of this is getting, getting lost. Actual people voted for Donald Trump. And as much as we hear about, hear, hear talk about Folks be having their rights taken away and their votes taken away and their votes not counting. Well, didn't my vote count? Or does it not count because I voted for Donald John Trump? And, and by the way, I'm a black man. You're going to take my vote away? My vote doesn't count because I voted for somebody that you don't approve of? Well, these folks, they decided that they would muffle and nullify the voice of the people, me, by removing my president, the guy I voted for, from office. They'd impeach him. Impeach 45. That's what they'd say. Oh, they want to keep it quiet until after the election, until after the midterms. And so, aided and abetted by the media, and by high-ranking members of the government itself, they initiated their war. 
they put their plan in play. They would do whatever they had to do by whatever means they could imagine to damage and to destroy the president, his administration, his friends, and his supporters, the people who voted for him. It was a civil war. It still is ferocious, ferocious, with no holes barred, none, mind you, with no sense of decency or honor. (sighs) It would be pervasive, and it would be relentless. Nothing was sacred against their onslaught, folks. Not even the Constitution, not even the rule of law, not, certainly not, the presumption of the innocence until proven guilty. Not even the right of others to believe anything other than what they believe. And while we're on the subject, did you hear that rant when the woman said, Don't you shake your finger at me. I shake my finger at you. And then she made some remark about her being a woman. Well, I hold women to be sacred. My mama was a woman. My sisters are women. But since when... Are women, when, what happened where women have been elevated to godliness, saintliness, to the point where you can't have a, a discussion with them? You can't wiggle your finger. But they can wiggle their finger or wag their finger at you. And what about this notion about if a woman says it happened, she's automatically credible because she said it. What about that? Folks were saying all two, three weeks back, well, Dr. Ford is a credible witness She brought credible allegations. Listen to me, women, all the women listening. Tell me one of you hasn't lied your ass off. Tell me one of you hasn't lied. Is it is it true that women don't lie? That women are not deceitful? That anything a woman says has to be true because she said it? No proof. None, mind you. No witnesses. None. And if you question whether a statement or an allegation that has been made by a woman is, well, hmm, dubious, oh, you're a racist, or you're a, a misogynist, or you're a woman hater. You're a doubter. What? What? Women don't lie. Women don't cheat. Women don't steal. Women don't. Women don't falsely accuse men of doing this or that for a variety of reasons. When did women? And ladies, I love you. You know that. When did women become put to such a place where they must be believed simply because they said it happened? If that's the case, I'm screwed big time. And I don't mean in a good way. Let's get back to what we were talking about Because this is a mess I know some women that lie their asses off I have sisters 
Thank God my mother could see through my sisters lying and saying, I did this, or I broke that, or I didn't do this, or I did do that. Because in today's environment, I'd, have, I'd, tell you, I'd be in some trouble because my sisters lied their asses off. And if my mother or dad believed them simply because they said it, I'm not sure I would have survived. Proof. Proof. Proof of the commitment of President Trump, President Trump's enemies to weaken and overthrow him. A person duly elected by American voters. The proof assails us every day. The media fill newspapers, magazines, daily newscasts, and internet postings with negative stories. Whether they're true or untrue isn't important. Reporters are no longer reporters. They have become judges who see their role as accepting negative opinions from the president's enemies and correcting the unacceptable opinions of the few supporters who occasionally have an opportunity to speak. One representative example among the countless possibilities of the ruthlessness of President Trump's enemies is the recent public spectacle of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Poor, terrified, but as ugly, Christine Blasey Ballsy Ford. In spite of her protestation to the contrary, Ford was a pathetic pawn placed on the sacrificial altar by the pitiless Democrat members of the committee in their dogged and reprehensible destruction of anyone who might be an obstacle to the attainment of their sacred goals, i.e., Brett, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. She's a pawn. We all know it. She was used. She knows it. I think she consented to being used being sacrificed because I believe that these people believe they're doing the Lord's work that they're functioning and they're, they're duplicitous evil, vile behavior is for the greater good we've read about this kind of thing in history over and over and over again where groups of people armies Countries, politicians, will sacrifice honor and integrity for what they consider to be the greater good. Because they truly believe that there's something bigger than themselves, bigger than you too. So they'll sacrifice you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually referring to a man like uh, Judge Kavanaugh, his reputation, his family, because according to them, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, being the need for Kavanaugh and his family to live respectable, decent lives. She was a sacrifice. I almost feel bad for her. Because the woman is just simply not telegenic at all. I mean, quite frankly, she has to be the ugliest woman on the planet. And that voice, that horrible voice. Now, I know some of you will say, that well doc I mean is it fair I mean shame on you 
the woman was courageous. She showed she showed such courage. Yeah, I agree. It takes nerves of steel and courage to sit in front of all those people and lie your ass off. Now, to be completely fair, I don't know whether she's lying. I don't know whether he's lying. And I'm not going to assume that either one is. But what I will, what I will assume, what I, what I do believe, rather, is that she could not prove that Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, did what she said he did. She couldn't prove it. So if she can't prove it, it's a case of what? He said... No, she she said he did. He said he didn't. I'm good. I'm good with Justice Kavanaugh right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV. Or some may want their talk radio a little more raw. Well, that's what you get with Internet Talk Radio. Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Well, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We Are America United is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com. Gentlemen, welcome to Decision Night in America here at NBC's Democracy Plaza. It is 7 p.m. in the East. The polls have just closed in six states, and we have our first projections up in the iconic face of 30 Rockefeller Plaza. NBC News projects that Donald Trump will win the state of Indiana. When the votes are counted, we project that Donald Trump will win in Kentucky as well. Vermont goes to Hillary Clinton, the projected winner in Vermont. We're watching Virginia. The polls have closed there too early to call Clinton, however, leading in Virginia. Georgia, also too close to call. And South Carolina, too early to call. Trump leads in South Carolina. 
Well, all night long, they'll be watching the race to 270 electoral votes. Here's how it stands based on those calls. Trump with 19, Clinton with three. And we map it out on the ice for you on Democracy Plaza. That uh, map will fill in with a lot of red and blue before this night is over. But again, 270 is the magic number that will elect our next president. Starting with Andrea Mitchell at Clinton headquarters. Hello, Andrea. Good evening, Lester. Uh, this is the night that Hillary Clinton has been waiting for. Hey there, Lester. Donald, Donald Trump is watching the returns come in at Trump Tower. He's uh, surrounded by his family and his close aides. The campaign says that they are confident. They're already touting a record turnout. That I think, uh, and, and just in this respect, if Clinton wins this election, she's going to win it because of this southeast corridor. And if Donald Trump wins this election, it's going to be because he yeah, overperformed in no. I mean, that's what's going mm -hmm. on here. It's mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. She didn't win. And if I played the whole 25 minutes, you'd hear people crying and, and in total disbelief. I mean, just... I... I, I actually felt sorry for him. I felt sad. But Donald Trump is our president. And in spite of this constant stream of attacks, President Trump has been remarkably successful in the short period of time he's been the president. Most of his successes are not reported in the mainstream media. And if it is begrudgingly reported, the news is almost always accompanied by a caveat that any credit really belongs to his predecessor. That the news is really bad or that the administration is not telling the truth. One of the three. Rare for politician folks, rare. President Trump is steadily keeping each and every one of his promises. He has a goal of rescinding two government regulations for each new one in instituted, and he has, thereby saving billions of dollars. He, has, he, he is committed to negotiating free and fair trade deals after years of which our other countries have, been, have, been benefit, have, have benefited from the trade policies that favored them over us. And as a result, American businesses created 3.9 million new jobs since he took office. And the number of workers who were not in the job force decreased by 2 0.7 million, those are facts. Under President Trump's leadership, the economy grew at an annualized rate of 4.2%. Unemployment recently dropped to 3.7. The economy boomed and optimism rolled and all rose and all is right with the whole wide world. And yet, Impeach 45 still rings because he's just too damn good. We can't let him run the country because the economy's doing too well. And last night, that rant at the music awards was just hilarious and sad all at once. It was some clown yelling for young people to come out and vote for LGBT, blah, 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 climate change, a whole host of craziness. But None of them were saying we need uh, to protest against the fact that an overwhelming number of jobs have been created. An overwhelming 
number of, uh, I mean, wealth has been created. The, the country is doing well. Imagine when these so-called rock stars and actors and actresses, you, you never hear them say, get out and vote so that you'll have a good job and you'll be able to make money and you'll be able to feed your family and live the American dream. They don't, they, do you hear any of them say anything about that? No, they're talking about LGBT this and climate change that and all kinds of stuff that, that's not even rooted in reality and what their everyday lives are, are like or, or should be about. It's, it's all this abstract stuff. Now, some Americans probably believe that it makes no difference who controls the government in Washington because all politicians are the same. And I understand that. That is, they think only about staying in power and keeping their party in power. They don't care about the people. And if you share that opinion, consider some of the results of leftist ideology in the Obama administration. During the eight years that Obama was president, the domestic product growth rate varied from a low of 1.6%, 1.6% to a high of 26 Unemployment ranged from a high of 9.6% to a low of 5.3%. And the number of American workers who dropped out of the workforce increased from over 80 million potential workers to over 95 million. That's an increase of 18%. During his tenure, President Obama, during his tenure, his administration added 184 major regulations at an implementation cost of $80 billion a year. While he was President Obama, the national debt rose from under $11 trillion to almost $20 trillion, an increase of 86%. The number of people on food stamps rose from $34 million in 2009 to a high of $48 million in 2014, which was 15% of the U.S. population before dropping off to $44 million in 2016. Those are facts, folks. And you want them, I got them. Those are the facts, And on a smaller scale, many large cities have been under the control of leftist politicians for decades. These politicians became powerful and rich while those who believed their promises and voted for them became poorer and more destitute. Their failing policies led to huge groups of government dependents permanently marred in poverty, self-pity, resentment, and hopelessness. Oh, yeah. Just for real. If you think implemented implemented ideology does not affect the well-being of yourself and others, much less the country as a whole, think again. Oh, yeah. Cortez J. Pickering wrote, and I quote, The person who cannot lead and will not follow invariably obstructs, end quote. Think about that. I'll say it again. The person who cannot lead and will not follow invariably obstructs, and that is the real deal. Holy feel. In the midst of the present civil war, which is what we're in right now, without all the guns and the killing, we might express that idea. As followers, the party that will not accept the results of a lost election and will not follow the new presidential leadership will invariably do great harm to the commonwealth. In English, that's us, the United States of America. It's time, baby. It's time to make 
our votes count and do our part in making and keeping America great. We've got to do it, baby. We've got to. We have got to stem the tide. Because these folks are serious. Seriously deranged. I, I consider myself to be a tough guy. I know I don't sound like one. But I don't have... I, I'm not sure I have what it takes to put my political beliefs to the test and get in the face of another human being or a group of men or women and scream at them. And scream in their faces and behave like an ass. I'd actually be afraid that one of them is going to punch me in the face. And then it's on. But why do people do it? Why do you think people are so emotionally impeded that they would scream and yell and rant and rave in the face of total strangers and just make total asses of themselves and stomp and cry and scream and shout I don't get it. Do you? I I don't get it. Well, folks, our time's almost up. I had a couple of callers, but they dropped off because I was talking too much. We'll see if we can fix that tomorrow. So, we're going to leave you tonight with... DJ Kelly, because just like my man Trump, all he does is win. Or no, maybe we should go with with Nate. Nate, yeah, son of a bitch. Let's do that. I want to thank you for listening. I want to say God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We'll see you tomorrow, or we'll talk tomorrow, or we'll listen tomorrow, or something. Good night, folks. The game's up. You're surrounded. Come out with your hands on your head. Goddamn. I need a drink.
Hands are shaking, butts are crawling all over me. My heart is breaking, hands are shaking, butts are crawling all over me. My hands are breaking, hands are shaking, butts are crawling all over me. My hands are aching, hands are shaking. Bugs are crawling all over me.